Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RIPodcast.net. This is episode 427, recorded live on Saturday, August 29th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who just realized he's coming over next weekend, Dave Pillay. Yep. And the man who already knew where he's going next weekend, Andy Lowe. Hi. We need to talk about what we're doing for the show next weekend. Yes. Yes, we do. But yeah. The last travel to Michigan in the next, like, month. I think. I think the next time I come out there is going to be Thanksgiving. So you which have about actually isn't that far away. That's that's two and a half months away. Yeah, it's just two and a half months doesn't feel far anymore. <sighs> no, it feels far to me. That's fine. It's good for you. Time tends to fly faster than that for me. A month and a half for me. That seems close. Is that your next marathon? Yep. Ah. Yeah, that's just around the corner, Andy. Yep, month and a half. Six weeks. Yep. Which six. marathon is it? Detroit Marathon, again. Okay. Supposedly six workouts a week, which means I have 36 workouts. Well, actually 35, because today got rained out. 35 workouts starting tomorrow to uh, make sure I'm all set. Are you all set? We'll see. Especially since I'm getting my wisdom teeth taken out Ooh. in mid-September. I, I still need to do that, too. So, yeah, Dave, there's going to be an episode where I would have gotten my wisdom teeth out either the day before or two days before. That is going to be amazing. Going to be interesting. That's going to be wonderful. Please help, tell me you're still going to be, like, hopped up on pain meds. I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be so fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be over here next weekend, Dave. Eh? Stop that. Okay. Yes, I'm coming there next weekend, which reminds me, this is something that we talked about when I first moved to Madison and then never did. Do you need anything from that curling store that's out here that's evidently huge? Oh, Steve's? I don't know. Yeah, uh, Steve's curling supplies based in Madison. Uh, I do not believe I need anything for okay. it. Uh, b- because also, um, Debbie McCormick, uh, who uh, was here for nationals and actually had a former Kalamazoo curling club member on her nationals team, uh, donated about $500 worth of curling equipment to the club to nice. start up our pro shop. Very nice. So if I need anything, I think I'm going to, you know, uh, probably buy it from the club. Okay. Buy I, local as it were. Buy local, especially since, you know, we got to pay for our own ice now. So that's going to be fun. You have to pay for ice well, the Wing Stadium is uh, renting us a sheet of ice so we don't have to keep on having to deal with hockey players and figure skating on our ice. Ah. So it's our ice to see how we do with it. You should then rent it back out to the figure skaters and ice no. skaters. No. No. Why not? Topix. Topix. Is that your way of telling us that we should just abandon this and go to topics? No, no, no. Toe picks on, on a figure skating skate. Yes. Have, do you, do you the, know what The serrations up at the front of the blade. Yes, that they use to dig into the ice so they can actually... Isn't that what a Zamboni is for? The less the Zamboni has to be on the ice, the better. Because Zambonis are heavy. And yes. so they will actually, with their weight, make Compact. the ice unlevel. Huh. But the whole point of the Zamboni is to level the ice. Yes. Which, you know, for a hockey arena is perfectly fine if the ice is slightly unlevel. Curling so how ice, do you, though. How do you have to do it for curling? Do you have to just, like, melt it and then refreeze it? Oh, yeah. You do, you do melts and refreezes. And you also basically just put the ice on one layer at a time so that the water's actual tendency to level its own self out causes it to be level. Let's put it this way. When we were at Nationals, I was helping build the ice. Uh, By the time we finished and the ice was actually level, we had about, I'd say, a quarter of an inch of ice that we built up on one end 
and we had about an inch and a half of ice built up at the other end. For hockey, that was perfectly fine. An inch and a half over a span of, say, probably 160 feet or so, Mm -hmm. not that bad. On curling ice, though, that's bad. Mm. So so the, the we were kind of like, we'll take the keys, don't touch our ice. That's pretty much it. Aren't, isn't there just like a, a limited area of curling that the ice needs to actually be flat? It seems like there's a lot of extra ice. Well, yeah, because each curling sheet is only about, well, 8 to 12 feet. Well, actually 12 to 14 now. 12 to 14 feet wide. And then the 100 and... 40 feet lengthwise. So you can fit about four of them on a hockey rink and still have a lot of extra space, but still that's, it's, you're still putting heavy equipment literally on the ice every time you Zamboni it. Right, right. So it, trying to fix that every single time a Zamboni goes across, you you can't. Gotta be a better way. Yes. Dedicated ice. No, I mean to, to level the ice and make it, never mind. Well, the curling guys have basically got this down pat for leveling the ice. Yep. It's just, you don't want to do anything else on the ice to disrupt (laughs) that. I just had a, an image of a, uh, a laser that would be on a track on the side of the ice and it would just melt everything above a certain height (laughs) and you would just drain it off the side. Or you could just let the property of water to level itself. Right, but this way you could you could actually put the Zamboni on it as you just have this laser beam uh, on a, a track that can raise or lower itself as well. Actually, you wouldn't even really need the Zamboni then because you just always just melt the top layer and now there's a new flat layer underneath. You know, in my head, what this conversation sounds like? It's saying like, hey, I want to dust the apartment. <laughs> So I'm going to bring in a power washer yep. and mess and just blast everything away. Blast so we, everything. So we can get rid of all the dust. And then I I'm going to create this. I've, got a, I've, had, I've had this mosquito in the apartment for a while. I think a stick of dynamite might work. And then I'll create some convoluted idea to try and fix the problems that the dynamite blowing up in the middle of the apartment have caused. That's what I hear in your head when you're trying to do this conversation with me is, hey, I've got this whole convoluted idea of overkill. And then another even more convoluted way of doing it to try of and handling it. the overkill. Yep. When instead you could just get a guy with a garden hose and let literally gravity do the work for you. You're, you're no longer talking about the dusting. No, sorry. I went back on the ice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't just, know how you just dust to clarify, with a garden hose. Don't, don't dust with a garden hose. That is not Andy's suggestion. No, not at all. How did we get down this hole? Curling. Cur- Wait, how did we get to curling? Me traveling. Gotcha. So yeah, you're coming over for Kat's wedding? Yep. Mazel tov. Oh, no, because that's next week. That not, I'm not the one getting married. That was just like a wedding in general, Mazel tov. So a Mazel tov to Kat. Yes. Yes, there you go. And Jake. Mazel, it's, it's saying congratulations. And Jake, yes. Yes, who has also been on the show. It's saying congratulations. Yes. That's what Mazel tov is. Yeah, looking forward to coming out there, getting to see everyone again. Yep. Not looking forward to, you know, 10 hours in the car, 12 hours in the car, 14 hours in the car, whatever it'll take. But there's no easier way around it. You, you can't drive over Lake Michigan. I could fly. Is that really any better? Yes. Because you'd have to fly probably down to Chicago and then take a transfer. No, to... no there are direct flights, Madison to Detroit. But then you'd still have to get from Detroit to Ann Arbor. And Michigan has horrible public transportation. Yes. If only like tons of friends and family didn't live within a half an hour of the airport. That is true. You did pick me up from my wed- for my honeymoon. Yep. Yep. So technically I do owe you. Yeah, also my parents live 25 minutes from the airport. Also true. <laughs> Andy. 
Also, tons of family friends that have known me for 30 years live within 20 minutes of the airport. Also true. Laura's asking uh, if if we... When are you guys driving to Ann Arbor? Uh, Friday. Okay. So we would not be able to meet you at Urbelli's on Saturday. No, we'd already be over there. Yeah. Well, maybe we will just go to Urbelli's ourselves. <laughs> I can't... It's not like I can forbid you from going. Yep. I think Laura wanted to meet with you and Kate there. Sorry. So that's fine. We'll have to go on our own, have dinner, eat their delicious pizza. At some point, you should probably try and get to Chin Chin's as well. Chin Chin's? Chin Chin's is a Chinese restaurant over here that's really good. Okay. But they also do a lot of gluten-free stuff as well. Maybe we'll go to Chin Chin's. All right. Um, What's the status on our dinners? Do Do either of us owe the other? I've totally lost track at this point. I had I had a uh, sticky note with that written down on my computer. Yeah. But during my Windows 10 upgrade... It killed your stickies. Yes. Yeah, killed so, more stickies too. I don't know. That, that was an unfortunate side effect of upgrading. Also, I don't know if I've actually gotten all of my documents back or not. Ooh. That might have also been, though, when my old hard drive crashed and I only copied over the My Documents stuff that I needed. Mm-hmm. So it might still be in my old hard drive. So I'll have to plug that one in and see if it's over there. Because I was, like, looking through my Documents folder for stuff there, and I'm like, wait a second. I swear Things I had more in here. Yep. What happened to it? I don't know. All right. Well, then. Should we actually hit topics? Topics? No, no, no. Did you ever see The Cutting Edge? Nope. Okay, never mind then. The Cutting Edge? I've seen Cutting Edges. No, 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 the, the movie, The Cutting Edge. Okay, what's it about? Hockey player who has an eye injury and so can no longer play hockey. So he gets recruited to do figure skating. Okay. Wasn't there a Disney kids movie that was the opposite of that? Uh, there was the figure skater in The Mighty Ducks. Maybe that's what I'm thinking team. of. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Actually, it may have also been a Disney kids movie of a hockey player who becomes a figure skater. Also probably could do it because I do believe the Cutting Edge movie was done by... Nope, that was MGM. Never mind. There was also the one where there's like a super geeky sciencey girl who becomes a figure skater. Oh, using science to do something. Yeah, using like math and computations and other bullshit like that. So that actually is a great segue to one of the topics because I would like to... I I made a comment the other week in jest, and I immediately (laughs) knew that I was going to get... I was going to get hit for it. (laughs) I knew it too as soon as you said it as well. As soon as... I mean, there there is some truth in in the observation in in reality that there are a significantly uh, fewer number of of female engineers, and so I thought I would do my part to help change this and shape it. And so, on the topic list is a link to Amazon for a book called Rosie Revere Engineer. Uh, and in fact, this is a book that I, I was introduced to by a coworker of mine who loves it. And I even sent it to my brother and said, hey, Josh, you should really show this to Sadie, my niece. And in fact, I just bought it for her because she loves the book. Uh, and it is this young girl who wants to build things and design things. And her great aunt, great, great aunt, Rosie, is Rosie the Riveter. So ah. it's Rosie Revere, engineer. And so it's it's this really adorable book about girls learning to do engineering and and trying to inspire them to go into that sort of thing. All right, I'm just going to read the first two pages here. This is the story of Rosie Revere, who dreamed of becoming a great engineer. In Lila Greer's classroom at Blue River Creek, young Rosie sat shyly, not daring to speak. 
But when no one saw her, she peeked in the trash for treasures to add to her engineer's stash. And late, late at night, Rosie rolled up her sleeves and built in her hideaway under the eaves. Oh, wow. This is not, not bad. Yeah. So that's there. And this is my attempt at, at making amends your and make, influencing people. My mea culpa. Sure. So it's there. Uh, check it out. If you know young, that that sounds bad. If you know young girls, uh, if you're typically related to younger girls who you want to encourage them to start looking at sciences, this is a great way to start that project. Okay. Cool? Yes. All right. Another comment that came up last week, we were talking about heroes. Yes. Uh, oh, Masioka did an AMA, by the way. <gasps> I don't know if you saw it. I missed it. You missed it. He did a whole AMA. Uh but we we'd been talking about heroes and we'd been talking about the one really stupid superpower that really pisses off Dave, which is the uh, I can see Wi-Fi bullshit. Yeah, it was the Israeli lady. Yeah. So so within like a day or two of that conversation. So Monday this week, an article was published about if our eyes could see wireless signals and an artist slash engineer made a, a, an exhibit, an app that actually shows you what what it looks like if you could see Wi-Fi, which is to say you see through walls and that's about it. But it shows you all the different sources of Wi-Fi and where those signals are. It's not it's still not quite what you would see, but it's showing you where the signals are. I'm still trying to read how this is actually... How it's done? Yeah. Oh, okay, so they just use your location and they use things like OpenCell ID and yeah. NASA's satellite location system to basically plot... Okay. Yeah, it's not actual, here's the Wi-Fi signals in your area. No, there was actually, um, I think a guy in MIT basically did something sort of like that, which was uh, mapping signal strength... In a 3D world? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, people don't realize that they are surrounded by invisible wires all the time. Invisible and intangible? Well, except for those people who have heightened senses of um, electromagnetic interference. Why? I forgot forgot exactly what it's called, but no, there's an actual uh, disease where people are highly susceptible to... I don't think it's a disease. I know this is not a topic, but there's a... um, just actually, uh, just school getting sued over Wi-Fi sickness. Wi-Fi sickness. I thought they they showed it was total bunk. Probably uh, electromagnetic hypersensitivity syndrome. What? Yeah. There's also a French woman who just got a disability claim of 800 pounds per month for three years over having hypersensitivity to electromagnetic waves. So yeah, there are people who say that they actually can feel. Yeah, but they've also done tests on people who claim that, where they put a router in a room and they covered all the lights on it and would test if the person could tell when the router was on or not on. True. They were unable to do so. So, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to see if there's more... Uh, Scientific proof? Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's, it's hilarious how people don't realize what is around them, even the stuff that we don't even know about because it's still on military... Um, Area military only use areas of the spectrum where it's just like something's going on here, but nobody has any idea what it is except for the people who are actually using it. 
So speaking of cellular, yeah, what do, what do we got this for the cellular plans? So you know all of the plans that we talked about the other week? Yes. And how T-Mobile started and then AT&T fell in line real quick and then Verizon held out and Sprint held out and then Verizon went real like and well, Verizon went, went and then real first and then Verizon yeah. followed. And then Sprint followed. And now there's like tons of these weird little caveats for each one of them. Yes. And so this is just an amalgamation of here are the plans. So it goes through the big four and talks about the different sections and and pieces of the plans. So things like uh, subsidies, financing, leasing, early upgrading, and buying. That's pretty much what it is. Yep. So it's there. It's not really like a a news piece, but it's a, hey, found this and figured it could be useful for people. And it doesn't really take any extra effort on our part to talk about it for 10 seconds and put a link to it. No, this is actually a good, because it it goes through all the options and how they differ between each of the uh, uh, plans and everything. Once again, Verizon's actually got the easiest to understand plan. Yep. Granted, Verizon's still using CDMA, but what can you do other than wait for them to shut off the CDMA network and switch finally over to LTE? But according to the Verizon guy I chatted with for a bit, that's not going to be for another three years, according to him. That's a long time. Yep. Especially in the world of cell phones. Yes. What's really funny is he still has some of the 2G stuff set up in there. Uh, trailer outside of our station because they are on our tower. So they, there was a big hoopla about some of our Wi-Fi radios actually screwing up their connections. Oh, that was fun. those poor things. Yes, I know. How terrible. Some more mobile stuff. Yeah. No surprise. America is spending more time on their smartphone. Yes. Up 35% from last year. No, that's not that's that's not per cell phone user, that's just in general, right? The average the average owner spends 3 hours and 40 minutes per day using their phone. Okay. Messaging and social has gone up 50%. Entertainment, including YouTube, has gone up 240%. Gaming has gone down 36%. Hmm. 33 minutes a day. So is mobile gaming already done? Mm. What has there been in the last year for mobile gaming? That was the first uh, point that the guys who did the analytics brought up was the fact that there is a lack of new hits. Last, the major titles are like Clash of Clans, Candy Crush, Game of War have all basically just stayed on top. And there hasn't been any major new hit in the past six to nine months. Yeah, that would probably do it. So there's a lot of people, like, as we know, Zynga always talks about how you get people to just play the game, play the game, claim the game, burn themselves out, and then never touch it again. Yep. So I think that we need another really good mobile game. But what it, Trivia Crack was good for a bit. Um, like a week? I don't know. When I was in it was that there, really competitive what, group, that was fun. What happened to, like, Boom Beach? What? Boom Beach. Boom Beach. Wasn't that a thing for a little bit? I have no idea. I've okay. heard of it, and I see trainees playing it in class. Let's see, there's, um, I'm looking at the charts right now. Yep. Categories, games. Hey, look at that. Fallout Shelter is number one right now. Of course it is. Minecraft Pocket Edition, uh, Game of War, Fire Age, Farming Simulator 16. Woo-hoo! Walking Dead Road to something, Road to Survival, Games of War, Fire Age, yep. Clash of Clans, yep. Candy Crush Saga, yep. Soda Saga. Oh, there's Boom Beach. They are sixth. 
Okay. Hearthstone's 12 right now for iOS devices. But yeah, no, I, I, I understand where this, this stat is coming from. It's because there's not really anything big. Plus, they're saying uh, watch me play stuff is getting increasing. The let's play? Yeah, let's play, like all the esports stuff that's going on. I mean, for goodness sakes, I was at the gym and ESPN was doing esports stuff, which I was okay with. You go to the gym? Yes, I go to the gym. Cool. Why would I not go to the gym? Well, because you usually just run. Well, yes, but treadmills are pretty good for interval training. Ah, I have a friend who would shoot you for saying that. Why? She hates treadmills. Well, yes, I I don't like treadmills, but if I get to a part of my program and it's like, okay, you need to run at faster than this pace for this amount of time, one way to make sure I'm going to run faster than that pace for that whole amount of time is put myself on a treadmill. Ah. Because the treadmill will not slow down randomly. Nope, it does not give you that option. <laughs> it, well, it has buttons to you could manually do it, but it will not just on its own decide, I'm just going to slow down a little bit. Other than, like, my body goes, yeah, I think this is enough. I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Exercising is funny. What? Nothing. Um, no, you can't say exercise is funny and then just leave that there. Yeah, I totally can. Like a dead fish. Watch me. So, also mobile gaming, Amazon Underground. Amazon Underground. Right. That was Amazon's new app-ish app store. Yes. Where they worked with developers and said, we will pay you for the amount of time people spend in your programs. So, cause but you have to give us free versions of your programs. Yes. So, because there's free to play out there, and which mainly means, hey, you got to buy X number of this or Y number of that, and that will cost actual money. That's how they make money. Amazon Underground is free to play from start to finish. There is no in-app purchases. Everything there is entirely free to play. So Amazon has agreed to pay those people, the the developers, whatever they need to do for the in-app purchases. So it is entirely free for the consumer. How is Amazon making money on this? They're getting people to go to their app store rather than Google Play. Okay, but everything on that app store is free. Well, so yeah, I ask they're, again. They're still getting they're still getting their app. So they can pull their information. It, it's probably just a massive data mine is what this is. I don't think so. I don't think this would be worth it to them just for the data. Is this only available to Prime members? No, this is available to Android users, all Android users. And they said that this is going to be a long-term program rather than a one-off promotion. So they they have they've got to have some reason for doing this. And I think the developers would be okay for this because they're still going to get paid. It's not going to be the spurts of in-app purchases. But if they make a good game and people keep playing, they'll keep making money. But where are they making the money from? Amazon? Mm. Like, I'm just so confused about this. Somehow Amazon has figured out that this will earn them money. <laughs> are they are they doing a like a loss lead thing? Like they know they'll lose money on this, but if it's getting people to use the Amazon app to purchase other things? I also can't remember. Is it loss lead or lead loss? I'm not sure. Okay. If only we knew someone with like a PhD in economics. Oh shush. Okay, so the developer agrees to waive the fees for in-app purchases. Uh-huh. Amazon pays the developer 0.2 cents per minute of use per user. Uh-huh. So they'll get paid a penny for every five minutes a customer uses their app. Right. And somehow, okay, so da-da-da. there's a, more, according to this article I'm reading, more bewildering is the Amazon side of things. There is no clear monetization scheme for Amazon here. This isn't a mystery in the near term. They are just taking this loss as a way to lure customers onto their platform. But... Uh, the, the more people who sign up for their platform, the more they lose. 
It isn't insane for Amazon to approach this with the idea just to get everyone to download an Amazon app market on their Android device and figure out the money-making part later. But it is. Like, it's that's the what? You're not alone with this. Everybody is going, there's probably not a monetization here, but this is one way. Yes, there are ads on the Amazon app underground, whatever it is. Are they hoping the ad revenue will offset everything else? Probably not. But like I said, this is probably just a way to get a bunch of, because people are not willing to pay for these apps. But if they can get it for free. Hang on, hang on. This is, here's a, a similar concept of a situation. You have a lemonade stand. Okay. Just run with it you have a lemonade stand okay you sell lemonade at uh a quarter a glass good so far okay it actually costs you 30 cents per glass to make the lemonade this is really expensive lemonade you use like quality lemons in every glass you use fresh organic lemons delivered to you every day it costs you 30 cents a glass and you are selling it for 25 cents a glass right and your excuse for that is But if I keep the price low, more people will buy it. Yes, but Amazon does not sell just lemonade. They sell tarts. They sell cookies. They sell water. But they're, they're selling all of them at a loss through this app. It's just like Meyer. Meyer gets you in the door but with with low with prices is, that are at a loss, except in there, Wisconsin. Is there anything in this app that costs the user money? No. It's like if Meyer didn't lure you into the door with low prices, it's that they are giving everything away for free. Just so you'll get the Am- you'll become part of the Amazon system. But there's no advantage. Most of these people are already part of the Amazon system. Are they collecting data on you? Probably. What data? I don't know. I haven't downloaded this app. I have no idea what information this app collects. What information could be worth it to them? They don't care where you go. The only way, the only way I could see this making sense is if the same app also linked you to Amazon's store and that you you were purchasing purchasing things through that. But even then, I don't see that as uh, people who are going to buy through Amazon are going to buy through Amazon regardless of if they're using Amazon apps for games. What other store would they go to online? Walmart.com, Meyer.com, Best Buy.com. Almost any of which Amazon beats out anyway. You're trying to understand something that nobody really understands right now. And my bet is that Amazon doesn't really understand it right now. They're just trying to use this as a land grab. They're trying to get pe- they're trying to get eyeballs on Amazon that normally wouldn't but, be on Amazon. But they're not going to get anyone. Anyone who does this would already know about Amazon. I I don't know what to tell you on this one. It's strange. You agree that it's can we just agree that it's odd and it doesn't make sense? Yes. And move on from there. Yes. Okay. So another odd one that doesn't really make sense. Google's selling a Wi-Fi router, which I'm not sure if we talked about this or not, called the OnHub. Do not believe we talked about it. If we did, I wasn't paying any attention. Google is going to sell a Wi-Fi router that they will be able to update. So it's it's a router, it means faster Wi-Fi on all your devices, yada, yada, yada. I, I don't see it going well for $200 for a router. Ah, uh, that better be a really good router. Yeah. Why would I want this? Well, according, because this also was one of those, wait, why are they doing this? Yeah. Um, well, people are th- suggesting that Google has got an eye on the home automation market, i.e. because of, you know, Chrome and Nest, Nest. and that sort of thing there. 
that this Google on hub would become the hub for your home automation system. Huh. Because it's your Wi-Fi router. Everything in your home will then connect via Wi-Fi to yep. this. Now, it doesn't have a microphone like the Echo, but hey, maybe that's version two. Okay. Uh, I, I can see that. Since the device is also online, Google could probably affect the or change the performance, i.e. connection to your Chromecast to your television while you're streaming something probably get higher priority than email to your laptop in the den. So it probably has got brains in here that will automatically be able to adjust your bandwidth as needed. Now, this won't affect your ISP at all because you're still limited by how much the ISP is going to give you and whatever's throttling the ISP is doing. But inside your little bubble, this could probably help out a bit. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. According to some people who have talked with those who are in the development for the OnHub, they say that the motivation was that there's a need for a Wi-Fi router that performs better and is more secure. So is this still part of Google? Is this Alphabet? The website is on.google.com. So right now I'm guessing it's still Google. Will it stay with Google or will it move to Alphabet? I don't know. Especially if they get it to work with Nest and such, then it might move over. But no, yeah, supposedly this is a better Wi-Fi router. Is it? Is any router really worth 200 bucks? Yeah. If it does on-the-fly quality of service controls, then maybe, yes. And if it lasts for more than two years? Hey, my little router has been lasting umpteen years, and it's been perfectly, it's just chugging away. Good for it. I have had routers that crap out after a year. Mm. So Google, excuse me, on hub, weird. Yep, yeah, so, yeah, weird. Other Google stuff. What do we got? We talked about this a while ago, YouTube Gaming. Yes. That Google had announced that YouTube was going to compete with Twitch. They released it. It's a thing. It's happening and has been getting some mixed reviews, but it's there. Huh. Oh, there's an Android app as well, because, sure. Yep. I don't know what the app gets you. Probably just the mobile version of YouTube Gaming. Yeah. What's currently on YouTube Gaming? Let me go there. Let's see. Gaming.youtube.com. What do I see? 404 error. Really? 404 file not found? <laughs> I, I Gaming.youtube.com, and then I went straight to slash error, which hmm. literally lists it. Oh, this is kind of funny. 404, lorem ipsum other castle, arrow to the knee, set us up the bomb. That's interesting, because I went to Gaming.youtube.com, and it loaded Gaming.youtube.com. I'm just getting errors. Try again. Gaming.youtube.com. HTTPS. Yep. Error. Weird. I have access. I do not. I don't know how to navigate this page. It is non-intuitive. At least you can navigate it. Yep. Other gaming news. Guild Wars 2 uh, is going to be free. Wait a minute. For free today. And then it says from September 25th through October first that's an old one uh huh i just saw a note someone sent me a note saying guild wars 2 is going free to play which is weird because it has been free to play like there's no subscription for it but i guess they're releasing the base game for free i i don't know okay other gaming news humble bundle humble bundle yes is now letting you choose your charity cool there are currently thirty-two thousand charities listed on their checkout that's a lot of charities. That is a lot of charities. But if you don't like the charities that the developer has picked, feel free to pick your own because there's a lot of them. 32,000 charities. Jesus. A lot of charities. Yes. PAX is going on. Yes, PAX is going on. I don't have much else 
beyond that. Well, since um, it is currently just the start of day two out there, mm-hmm. not really. Let's see if there's any PAX news. There's probably tons of gaming news that Pokemon sues fans PAX. to block Pokemon Party on eve of PAX. What? The so-called fifth annual unofficial Pokemon PAX kickoff party was supposed to go down at the 500 East restaurant on Thursday night. Ah. Uh, the party has happened every year since 2011. So is this like an evolution of the Pokecrawl? Uh, no. Pokecrawl is the PAX East. The PAX pub crawl for, for PAX Prime is Harry Potter themed. Oh, yeah. Well, somebody tried to do an unofficial Pokemon party at PAX and got, uh... Shut down? Yeah. By sued. what? Who shut them down? N- uh, Nintendo. Wow. Or, sorry, Pokemon Company International Incorporated. Just Nintendo. Basically, yeah. Pokemon Company International is a subsidiary of the Pokemon Company in Japan, which manages the Pokemon rights outside of Asia. Mm-hmm. So it's the Pokemon developer who said no. The 8th annual pre-PAX pub crawl, formerly known as the Triwizard Drinking Tournament. Okay, so it is Harry... Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it's Prime is Harry Potter East Pokemon. What does South do? Ah. Having only be- only basically driven through Texas. Oh my god! Uh, it was not the Triwizard this year. Oh, it's Mad Pax Blurry Road. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Eight teams of fifty people. Oh Jesus! Now I understand why Mo just kind of wanted to sit in one spot. Yep. Wow. <laughs> the different teams. There is the Valiant, the Broken Wands, which is the group of nefarious wizards. So the people who used to do the the Triwizards. <laughs> Uh, the Bullet Club, the Interceptors, the Big Bappas, uh, the Night Riders, the War Riggers, the Giga Horse Jockeys. Wow. Wow, guys. Wow. Oh, I remember Barca. Barca was a good bar. <laughs> wow, guys. Yep. So you want another uh, crazy moment? Yeah. Galaxy Note 5 is out. Okay. Has a stylus attached to it that actually can be held inside the uh, Galaxy Note 5. Um, the problem is that uh, inserting the S Pen backwards can damage the Note 5. Okay. So you're supposed to slide it in tip first. Yeah. And then what, there's a little spring mechanism. What? And what happens when you don't? Um, it's a spring mechanism that normally holds the pen in place, so you can it, secure in there. Um, you put it in right. backwards, the spring mechanism that holds the pen will clamp down on the wrong end of the pen and won't let go. Oh, so you can't get it out. Yes. It is possible to wiggle the pen free from the spring's hold, but when we tried it, the pen detection features stopped working. Huh. And this thing was um, super easy to do, which was also hilarious, was the fact that um, Leo Laporte during one of his Twitch shows where they were discussing this issue. Putting his pen backwards. Yeah, and so he had a Note 5, and so he was, like, putting it in a little bit farther and a little bit farther, and he's like, I'm not really feeling any resistance, and then he put it in too far, the spring clamped down, and he basically broke his S... Five. The the Note 5. Note 5. With the S pen, uh, basically on live TV. <laughs> Which was hilarious because he was he was talking about how like what type of idiot would be able to do this and then he goes and does it himself. Why see it? It is stunts like this that I no longer watch or listen to. Leo Laporte. He didn't mean to do it. It wasn't bullshit. You think he purposely broke his Note Five? Yeah. Wow, you're cynical. Yeah. The other reason I don't listen to him anymore is because when he and his guests are talking about things and uh, I, I feel like they're missing obvious pieces of it and they make me very angry. 
So you know what Samsung's response is for this? What did they do? Um, okay, Samsung responded, because the BBC actually brought up this fact that you could break your phone by just inserting this pen backwards and there's nothing to stop you. Yeah. Um, they responded by saying that we highly recommend our Galaxy Note 5 users follow the instructions in the user guide to ensure they do not experience such an unexpected scenario caused by reinserting the S Pen in the other way around. Yep. They Okay, so now, mind you, the user guide is not an actual guide. It is a uh, PDF that you download online. So there's no actual, like, physical user guide for you to read. You actually have to hunt down the to user guide. To go out and find it. Yes. Yes. So Samsung responded with, oh, you broke your phone? RTFM. That, is, that, is that literally not what they just said, RTFM? It's, it's, they said, read the user guide, yeah. Yeah. Wow, Samsung. I, you know, at the same time, read the fucking manual. <laughs> but still, why would they build the device? Yeah, that was stupid. I mean, at the very least, key the damn uh, pen so it only goes in one way. Yeah, you uh, just sl- make the, the little nub on the end just slightly bigger. You just expand the hole for uh, like two millimeters, and then you go to the smaller hole, and then you make it so you can't put the freaking pen in backwards. It's just, it was one of those insanely, like, if I was designing this phone and I was in the, the hardware QA, what's the first thing I would do with that stylus is see what happens when I put it in backwards. That is like the first thing I would have done. As a QA tester? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would have done is turned on the device, but okay. Well, I, I, I know, but if I'm sitting there and my job is to test the hardware, yep. my first thought would have been, okay, what happens if I do this? Is it able to get inserted backwards? Okay, what happens if I insert it backwards? Oh, look, it breaks the phone. Hey. <laughs> Maybe we should look at this. Yeah, I feel yeah. like this is a serious bug. This is This is... Poor design. Yes. Good job, not Amazon, Samsung. Kind of rhymes. Good job, Samsung. In the sense of terrible job, Samsung. Yes. That said, read the damn manual. Don't put the pen in backwards. Cool. So, Windows 10. Windows 10. Windows 10, yes. Windows 10. I'm currently running Windows 10. Are you? Yes. Are you a member of any private trackers? I will neither confirm nor deny. Okay, because you may need to check the policy on the private tracker that you may or may not be a part of, because a lot of private trackers are now banning Windows 10 users. Microsoft added a very large amount of privacy, um, should we say penetrating features to Windows 10, where it, it will look at versions of things that you have and reserves the right to update them and yeah, we, disable. We talked about that. Yeah, right? we may automatically check your version of the software and download software updates or configuration changes, including those that prevent you from accessing the services, playing counterfeit games, or using unauthorized hardware peripheral devices. Yeah. Which to me sounds like somebody kind of copied that from the Xbox terms of service and then just pasted it into Windows 10. Because that, that would make sense. If you had the, the Xbox One, Xbox Live terms of service, if you read that one and you think of it just as Xbox, it makes sense, right? Yes. So my, in my head, I'm like, oh, maybe somebody just copied and literally pasted it into the Windows 10 one, or they took the Xbox Live Could terms be. of service. Uh, particularly because you can still do that with, you can like access Xbox Live with Windows 10, and you can do the like device-to-device streaming. But this has concerned some people, and so a lot of private trackers are now banning Windows 10 users. Until this security hole has been addressed... 
they are no longer allowing Windows 10 users to use their sites. Has Windows 10 responded to this? I don't know. I don't think so. Because I feel like this would be something that Windows should probably respond to going, hey, you know. Unless it's intentional, in which case they don't want to respond. Granted, the whole sharing of Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi passwords, that one was also a bit of a WTF moment. Maybe this one is also part of that. Mm-hmm. Could be. What else we got? Tons more. Thermal imaging hacking? Yes. Um, turns out that... Oh, yeah, this is this is old news. Yeah, where you can basically take uh, go up to an an ATM after somebody has used it and use thermal imaging on your on your phone or part of like one of the extensions for your phone and use look at the thermal imaging and figure out, "Hey, what are the four buttons they pressed?" Yeah, this is this is not this is just a surprising thing there. They say to easily defeat this though, just put your palm on the keypad after you've entered all the keys. Yeah, I mean, I I usually so I will cover the keypad with one hand, type with the other, and then just run my fingers down the pad. Mine, I'll probably just type the thing in there and I'll just probably just set my hand on the keypad for, they said, um, even just a few seconds. Yep. Makes this thermal imaging. Or, I mean, just put your fingers on three or four of the buttons for a little while. Yeah. But they pointed out here, it would be kind of, um, very few devices have a lockout mechanism that stops repeated pin entries. So if you just have, you know, you go from 10 digits down to four digits, the number of possible combinations just dropped like a stone. Yep. Uh, what else do we get? Of course, got? you still need like their account number. Yes. Well, the ones they were talking about here is with things with an RFID tag, mm-hmm. and then you type in a PIN number, so it's kind of like a two-point authentication. So you have to steal the RFID Well, they can the easily PIN. do an RFID repeater. That's not hard to do at all. Yeah. So speaking of security... Yeah. Another update to the Ashley Madison thing there. Um, so supposedly 36 million accounts associated with AshleyMadison.com were released. Um Somebody went through and started grabbing the passwords. Oh, now so good news though is the uh, passwords were hashed, so just evidently not very well. Well, you can basically you can set up a rig to basically crack that the the hashed passwords. So it is possible to decrypt because you have to be able to decrypt them somehow. So he decrypted uh, 0.006% of the entire cache, which is about 4,000 decrypted passwords. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. And so this this was just a, essentially a dictionary attack, right? This was basically he ran passwords to, through a hash and then tried to find ones that would match the hashed passwords. Yeah. Okay. So what would I try? One, two, three, four, five. That is number three on the list. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's number one. One, two, three. Well, uh, that's probably got a, at least a five character, right? Yeah, I think all these are at least six. Yes, six characters um, at least. That is false. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, sorry, you're right, five. All the rest okay. of these are at least six characters. Uh, Password? That's number two. Hmm. This there is for Ashley are, Madison? Uh, there's Ashley in there, yes. Okay. That is number uh, I was, I was six. asking that this was for Ashley Madison. Oh. So thank you for that. Ashley is number six. Madison? Da, da, da. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Cool. Uh, A, B, C, D, E, F. Ooh, not on the list. Whoa! A, B, C, one, two, three. That's on the list. Um, QWERTY. That's on the list, number four. Admin. No, that's only five characters. Mm. No, we just going on the rest of the list? Yeah, what what am I missing? Okay, so you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Password, one, two, three, four, five. QWERTY, one through eight. One through eight? Yes. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Yes. Wow. Ashley. Yep. Baseball. The fuck? Yep, baseball's on there. Number 27 passwords. Uh, ABC, one, two, three. 69, 69, 69. Wow. One, 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 one. <laughs> Football. 
Baseball beat football? Baseball beat football. Lame. Um, fuck you. I think I've used that as a password before. Uh, Madison. Long time ago. Uh, asshole. Okay. Superman. Wow. Fuck me. Wow. Hockey. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hunter and Harley. Wow. Why do people not realize these are not good passwords? I mean, for goodness sakes, the Adobe hack, what was that, two years ago? Uh, two million Adobe customers had a password of 123456. Yahoo data breach in 2012. 123456 was the top number. What? I feel like it should be able to just program into the, hey, please insert a password in here. It should just be able to pull from this list and go, no. <laughs> Your password was found in the list of top 1,000 passwords. Pick a new one. Because like I said, it, yes, these email passwords were hashed, and so they were secure. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might, in the next web app I design, I might write that into it. It's actually really easy validation, like super easy validation. So this guy was doing 156 hashes per second to try and figure out the data, and he yep. did five days and three hours of running 156 yep. hashes a second. Yeah. So he was only hit 4,000 passwords. So the security guys are like, yeah, if you had a strong password, it was safe. It's just all these stupid weak ones that everybody knows about that are the problem. God oh. damn. Oh, well. All right. Last thing we need to hit because both of us were arguing about this earlier. Yeah. Netflix and Nielsen. Okay. Nielsen, so Nielsen does the ratings for television. Yes. Netflix is not a television station, but Nielsen Ish. still wants, well, they, they broadcast TV shows. Yes. So Nielsen wants to get the ratings for these TV shows that people watch on Netflix. Right. And Amazon. And Amazon. And probably Hulu. But Nielsen hasn't talked about that yet. No. Um, but Netflix doesn't want to share this information with Nielsen. Right. So, so to point out, to clarify something, Netflix has this information. Yes. They certainly Netflix have their own metrics. Yeah, no. They, every time you hit play, Netflix knows you hit play. Netflix yep. knows how long you watched. Yep. It, that, that's and it is part in of their, their own service. best interest to not share that information. Yes. Okay. So Nielsen basically did an end around. They went to the producers of these shows and said, hey, can we get a copy of whatever you sent to Netflix? So they took all of the digital files that the show sent to Netflix to be put onto Netflix Gave them to Nielsen, and Nielsen basically did an audio ID of all the shows, kind of like Shazam. Right. Where it uh, the, the set-top boxes for Nielsen will be able to listen to what's coming out of the TV, and it will capture the data for Nielsen to do ratings. Now, this doesn't work for Netflix original shows like House of Cards because uh, Netflix, you know, doesn't want to give the information to Nielsen, as but, we already said. But couldn't Nielsen just, like, record an episode, not record, like, record the audio of an episode and try and catch the opening music and be like, if they hear this, assume that they're playing it. Or is that a DMCA violation? That's probably a DMCA violation. That's why Nielsen had to go to the actual show producers and say, hey, can we get a copy? Okay. So this is only going to be for shows that are on both broadcast TV and Netflix. Yes. This will not do any of the original content. No. Which is the only stuff that they really cared about, but okay. So, um, no surprise, uh, Netflix is pissed. Yeah. And said, we... We don't want you to do this because Netflix doesn't want to give up their information. Yeah, proprietary information. They yes. don't want other people measuring it. Yes. There is, I was trying to argue with Dave about this. There is one specific situation where this actually probably could help Netflix, but that that's it. Anything else where Netflix goes, oh, we, we've got like 20 million subscribers. 
watching your show. The producers who are basically working on the contract to put these onto Netflix can go, well, wait a second, our data from Nielsen only says $14 million. We need to lower the price here that we're paying you for this. I keep forgetting, does the money flow in both directions or just one or what? Because um, Netflix purchases the shows. Yes, Netflix pays the providers, the producers. Sorry, Netflix yeah. pays the producers. But do the producers pay Netflix no. at all? No. But they, if they had this information from Nielsen, they can actually go, well, wait a second, our data does not agree with your data. We need to renegotiate this contract. Right. So Andy is claiming that in the one case where a show is underperforming, yes, that it is to Netflix's advantage to have that data visible. Yes. And my response is no, even in that case, it's not because and particularly since this is only shows that are both on TV and on Netflix, that Netflix will be able to go and say, no, this is an underperforming show. We don't want to pay as much for it. Or we are going to drop it unless you lower the price because it's just not worth it to us. Then even without the numbers, these other companies would do it. The numbers give them no extra incentive. I, from what my thought is, is, okay, so we're basically arguing about basically number of oranges in a basket. Netflix says, hey, we want to buy that basket of oranges off of you for 20 cents. But they're crappy oranges? The guy selling the oranges is like, well, what are you talking about? 20 cents? It's, we got enough oranges here. It's at least 50 cents. Netflix goes, no, our numbers basically say 20 cents. And the orange guy is probably basically saying your numbers are full of shit. Uh, but if Netflix, if they can, somebody else comes there and goes, dude, your oranges are crappy and they're only worth 20 cents. It's like trying to argue a position that you have no idea how it's like liar's dice. You have no idea what's under the cup. You're just trying to bluff the other person. Mm-hmm. And if a third party can come in with the data, then it's, it's, oh, believe me, all the time with people, people always think their shit is good. Their stuff smells like roses, even though it doesn't. And sometimes it takes a third party to tell you, uh, dude, your stuff stinks. Go get get what you can from it because if you try you turn this down for 50 you're gonna have to go around to everybody else and everybody else is gonna be like "Mm, i don't know and probably sooner or later you're gonna come back to netflix and finally agree yes okay 20 cents is the right price this will save them time and effort only for the cases where netflix can prove to them that the show is underperforming if it's overperforming then the companies are going to want a lot more money for it and then netflix is going to be screwed and then most likely send the foot the bill down to the consumers Hmm. All right. I'm I'm unconvinced, but I'm more open minded about it than I was. Believe me, ratings are the lifeblood yep. for everybody. Having to have people harping at me, hey, how come I can't download the ratings from Nielsen? Oh goodness. All right, random review. Yes. I believe it is my turn. It is your turn. I would like to review a bathroom scale. <laughs> Okay, bathroom scale it is. The easy at home bathroom scale. Easy at home Bluetooth bathroom scale. Yes. So I got this on special, I think it was through Woot not too long ago. Uh, And the first reaction to it is I hated it because it added seven pounds. (laughs) Which is to say my other scale may have been underweighing a little bit. Well, did you actually grab some weights and put it on the scale to see? There's a minimum weight, though, and I don't have that much. So I'm, I'm more willing to trust this scale. It has a, uh, it's, it's accurate to the 10th as opposed to the half. Uh, high precision sensors measure in increments of 0.2 pounds. Okay, to the fifth instead of the half. 
there is still a minimum weight to activate it though. Oh. Ours doesn't have it, but I'm always I, I Kate thinks it's accurate. I feel like it's accurate, but then up to a point it becomes less accurate. But I don't know. I don't think it would become less accurate. Uh so anyway, this the scale is cheap, right? It is a sixty dollar electric Bluetooth enabled scale. The app kinda sucks. The app is designed to be an Android port of an iOS app. Oof. So it's really not that great. And you just kind of got to trust it because it comes up with a lot of numbers and it doesn't really explain the numbers. So it's just it claims that this like bioelectric impedance and uh, analysis tech, it can measure your weight, body fat, body water, body muscle and bone mass. Like, okay, sure. Where are the um, connections for the electrodes? If you, if you look at the scale, yeah, you see those blue lines or not the blue lines, the black lines. Yes. Those are the actual those those aren't actually black black okay those are the contacts all right gotcha so as long as your foot is touching those you you get the full analysis by sending a small level of electricity through your body yeah which if you have a pacemaker don't do this i don't know if it would actually interfere with the pacemaker legal disclaimer don't use the scale if you have a pacemaker okay then don't do that or other internal medical devices or are pregnant okay (laughs) zap so according to the scale, I have a 64% body water, 12.3% body fat, 6 pounds of bone. Uh, it is nice in that it will calculate your BMI for you. Which is a completely arbitrary number. Yes. And it tracks your weight over time. That's actually the piece that I like the most, is that it actually just has the, here's what you weighed at given time. So does this work with any other... Okay, so your your MyFitnessPal and iPhone can read the data from Easy at Home Scale indirectly via iOS 8 HealthKit app. Yep. You don't have an iOS device. Correct. I am, they, they had claimed that they are going to work with the Google HealthKit as well, whatever the, the Google equivalent was. Google Fit. Yes. Was supposed to be Google's equivalent to HealthKit. Yes. So it's nice. It's really nice to be able to just get on it and have that information not disappear into the void, but rather travel through the void to my phone where it then stores it. How big is it? It is a bathroom scale. Well, yes, I know, but bathroom scales are in different sizes. Like, does it seem too big for your feet? Does it seem too small for your feet? Uh, It does not seem too big for my feet. Okay. It is also not too small for my feet, and I have a size 11 foot. How bright is that light? Not very. Okay. Like, it's not overpowering, and it's not on all the time. It's only on when you stand on it. Yeah, ours doesn't have a light on it, so sometimes I have to, like, lean... After I get off the scale while it's scrolling through the numbers, I have to, like, lean down and look at it. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's bright enough to see. It's definitely bright enough to see. I like it. I'm pleased that I got it. It's a very nice and convenient way to, to track over time. Okay, so what are you doing in this information that you're tracking? Anything? Nope. <laughs> but it's good to have it. You have information, yet you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, welcome to the modern age. Dude, we're tracking all this information about you. Okay, what am I doing with it? No clue, but it's good information. Random topic. Random topic? Rolled ahead of time. Uh Uh-huh. At what age would you talk to your children about the birds and the bees? When they are ready for it. (laughs) I I mean, that's, that's such a what age you can't tell. It's going to depend entirely on the person and their maturity level. My parents never really talked to me about the birds and the bees, but I also had three older siblings. Did your older siblings talk to you about the birds and the bees? Not really, but I picked up some stuff along the way. Okay. God, I don't know. uh, Talking about this topic with people I know is always awkward. 
Yes, which is unfortunate. It's a topic that we should actually be able to just talk about. Yes. Sex is an important topic across uh, everything, across relationships, across friendships. It is an important Dave, thing to But Dave, if you and I started talk talking about. about sex, would you not feel awkward? Um, For the beginning, certainly, but that's just because that's how it's been for us. Yes, I would feel so awkward. I still feel so awkward. This is always going to be an awkward end. You don't think if, if you and I sat down and said, okay... We, we have a mission. We have a goal right now. And our goal is that we need to start talking about sex. <laughs> you don't think we'd move past the awkwardness within like 10 minutes? Remember how we had that random topic where we talked about what thing do we need to throw away? And I had that like antsiness. No. Was the thing you wanted to throw away like a vibrator or something? No, because okay. I've, I've got the hoarding tendencies and I, it's just, I always get like the, the, those mini panic attacks about when I need to throw something out. Okay. Yes. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I have that same thing when we start talking about this conversation, I'm just like, <laughs> right. But that's, that's a, that's a learned reaction. I know. I need to just be cool. Right. It's a normal thing. Everybody does it. Every, well, not everyone. Not everybody. True. There, there are people who don't do it. There are people who don't enjoy it. There are Catholic people who priests. do enjoy it. Not Catholic priests. What? Catholic priests. Uh, abstinence. I have a, a friend who is the grandson of a Catholic priest. I'll let you work that one out. <laughs> well, wait, because they're not, I thought they were not allowed to get married. No, they just have to be celibate. So, so guy was married. Yes. Had kids. Yes. Then decided to go into the priesthood. Wife died. Ah. Went into the priesthood. Gotcha. Okay. There it is. That's how that happened. But no, I, I think that if if we decided that it would be beneficial, if we decided that this was something we should do, we could definitely sit down and we could actually talk about sex and sexual activity and topics relating to that. I'd need some serious alcohol. Okay. <laughs> That's That can be arranged. <laughs> oh, man, but talking with our kids? Oh. Well, so... <laughs> Maybe at some point it would be worth doing this sort of thing to practice for talking to kids about sex. True. Because I know, I remember, hey, we both did sex education at Selene High School. Wasn't it in the middle school that we did sex ed? Uh, there was one in the middle school. Remember, everybody got divided up, boys and girls. And then yeah. there was also the health class freshman year. Oh, where the, like, pour your cup into everyone else's cup. Yes. Yeah, that was stupid. Oh, Jesus. We were taught abstinence only, weren't we? I do believe so. I'm pretty sure Celine was abstinence only. Did you watch the John Oliver yes. segment? Okay. I just I watched also that the other day. Remember that uh, another classmate of ours contacted some organization that actually came to the Drowsy Parrot and did a real, like, here's sex ed. I don't believe you were at that one. No. I think I can count on a single hand the number of times I've been to the Drowsy Parrot. Really? Yeah, it's a, it's I, a decent little coffee shop. Yeah, but I never drank coffee until... They had great hot chocolate. Never really did hot chocolate either. Oh, well, maybe we'll just all go hang out at the Parrot. Is the Parrot even still around? Yes. Well, it was the last time I was in Celine. <laughs> or we could all just go downtown Ann Arbor and hang out at a real coffee shop. Rousey Parrot. Permanently closed. What? Per it, Google says permanently closed. In Celine? Celine's... Okay, here we go. Article. Last year. May 2nd. Celine's Drowsy Parrot shuts down, surprises employees. Holy crap, Parrot shut down. Business owner Scott Buster confirmed in a text message that Wednesday would be, in fact, the final day for the cozy 780-square-foot eatery. Wow, that's worse than breaking up by text. <laughs> hey guys, sorry to let you know, but I'm closing down the business. TTYL. 
yeah, no, oh, I, uh, mm, mm. Are you back to talking about sex? Yes. <laughs> you know, we don't actually need to talk about sex right now. I know. Right? But still, just like, the, what we are doing is talking about talking about sex. I know, and it's still making me nervous. Okay, you need to grow up. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. <laughs> I'm a Toys R Us kid. No. There's a million Toys R Us that, that I can, I can play, play with. From bikes, bikes to, to trains, trains to video, video games. games. Andy. Andy. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Well, I'm gonna try and not do something that makes me nervous. That is a very uncomfortable rap. Yes. Very uncomfortable rap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>